And hello, movie lovers. And welcome to the Multiverse of Movie Lovers Unite. I actually have my good friend Jamie from the end of the front row. Also got Tamika and I also got the Padawan himself, Fredo, Jason, with me. And we're going to be dissecting this movie and telling us, telling you guys what we think of the new Flash movie. So without further ado, let's go on ahead. Let's run through time and let's do this. And hey, guys, how are you guys doing? Hey. Good, good. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. I can't complain. It's storming outside, but you know what? This is also how Barry Allen got his uh, got his power. So Please? like I've struck by lightning, this is how it's gonna happen. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I could be a better class than Ezra Miller. <laughs> yes, you can. I think you can pull that off really well. I de- I better I definitely could have a better pose than he did. <laughs> oh yeah, this okay. is some bleach and some chemicals on you. Plus some mayonnaise, some mustard, and stuff like that, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> but you know, I have to say this, okay? okay? So going into the film, I have very low expectations of this, mm-hmm. and even though people overhype this, this is old. This is the best comic book movie that I ever seen. I'm like, it's okay, but it's not like the best comic book movie that you'll ever see. I still put The Dark Knight and I also put The Avengers on my list as the two best films. And, you know, going into it and then some of the scenes actually took me out of it. There was actually that AI baby being thrown out the window whenever the building was uh, getting, uh, when that was going on. And then Barry putting the baby inside the microwave. To yeah. me, that stuff kind of took me out of the movie. And I know I'm I'm talking negatively first, but yeah, that was some of the things that I witnessed within the first couple of minutes of the film that took me out of it versus it being exciting. And the only exciting part was actually him running from where he's from all the way into Gotham City. I like that part because you have the light and the darkness and you can see how the color scheme changes. That yeah. part I enjoyed. When I got after that, I didn't enjoy too much. What, what about for you guys? Completely agree that uh, the whole first se- scenes, especially like I said, him with that pose was extremely corny to me. I could not stand. Like I just what is what kind of runner have you ever seen an Olympic runner ever stand like that? What the hell was that? Have you and and then what was he doing with his arms? <laughs> like I'm sorry, it just oh, it instantly. The moment I saw that, it instantly I was just like, nope, this isn't gonna happen. This isn't gonna happen. And I just was, it, uh, yeah. CGI was the babies. They looked like clay. <laughs> they looked. Which like- some type of emotional attachment to those babies like something could happen to them and oh my god they're falling out the window it didn't feel realistic at all even though i know that's supposed to be the flash going into it and they're showing us how he does it in his flash time kind of thing it still doesn't work in that kind of aspect of it and it felt like early 2000 cgi and at first whenever i first thought about it i was like you know what i was so enthused into the actual plot itself that i didn't notice the CGI at first, but the more that I started thinking about it, the more that I thought there was a disconnect between me and the CGI, because once because I was so enthused into the plot that I didn't care about the CGI at that time, other than that part with the babies, and then after that, I was like dialed in. Mm. Yeah, stunt babies. 
AI babies. So they were real. And then once the window <laughs> fits, I mean, they probably going around the outtakes we had. We had fun, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the babies were real before, and then when the window. Yeah. But yeah, that that part disturbed me. Honestly, it was like the it's like nobody's up there, so the window falls or collides or whatever, and the babies all flying out. And the doll, the therapy dolls flying out too. And then I don't know, just the way he tried to line all the babies up like a like a kebab, you know, putting them all on the <laughs> Yeah. Like, the baby kebab. Yeah. Oh my like, God. String them together. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> he, he can't touch them, right? Because he'll kill them. That's the other thing too is like that. I don't know if they really like address that. Like, how is he really Free, doing James. it? Because he was he was throwing the things at the people, like the the babies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even the spessy pan, the middle, which we don't use anymore. He was using the old fashioned spessy pan to yeah. catch one of the babies. It it just falls apart for me. It felt like an SNL skit for me. Yes, that wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> but what about for you, Jamie? <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. I think those scenes where he goes into that sort of, well, he's not in slow-mo, but we are. And we see that slow motion of him doing that sort of stuff. I always find that really funny. Like when he's like moves the bullet to aim at somebody or like things like that. I, I find those moments to just sort of, as you said, John, it takes you out of the plot, but for me in a good way, like it's their way to bring humor or like a little bit of comedy to something that's about to be serious and not have so much comedy in it. Like if they throw in like Thor, for example, and I know I bring that up a lot, but if they crack in, you know, funny jokes in moments where they probably shouldn't, it's not going to land too well. Whereas those moments when he goes into that slow-mo sort of thing, you know, he can do stuff like that. He can, you know, flick someone's head or I can't remember all the things that he did in Justice League. But when he goes into that real slow-mo stuff, that's when you can have that comedy aspect in there. But, yeah, I, I totally get the CGI thing. The babies look terrible. But, I mean, he can't really going around, you know, chucking real babies around. So that's I, I kind of get the it. That's but like i just feel like they could have made them look at least a little better like i have mm. i've seen cabbage patch dolls that look better than some of those <laughs> <Dang. babies. laughs> i've got some yeah <laughs> you can you really a had a baby had like a baby doll <laughs> you can use cabbage patch to recreate the scene but, <laughs> throw them in the air and try to catch them all but I will say the one part that I truly found funny about that was him finally being like, all right, I got to eat and like just breaking into the vending machine and mm. just eating away mm. at everything he could find that I did find hysterical. Me too. Like that was yeah. honestly gold. <clears throat> Especially when and, he bypassed uh, the baby and was like, uh, excuse me, baby. Yeah. Get, get, get I need that food. I'll come back to you later. I need that food. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I do have to say this, though. With the other thing that I liked was the fact that Barry, this version of Barry is very snobby and really douchey. Hmm. And that's what I found him very arrogant because of the fact he doesn't realize that how great he actually has it with his powers. 
and that's what Bruce is also trying to teach him. It's like if I if something tragic didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be who I am right now. Hmm. So you need so and then you meet the other Barry who has everything. And he call and the one that's arrogant is calling him arrogant because of the fact that he has his mother. He has everything he ever wanted. And I'm like, well, you're also arrogant to the fact too that you know, without your powers, you are nothing. And then when he loses it, he realizes, oh shit, I lost my powers. I don't have control over this like I used to. So it's all about him trying to learn a lesson as well and not trying to take life granted. And that's something I liked. For me, I think I, I it was more of he, he had to realize that he had to get over the law, like dealing with loss mm-hmm. uh, of his mother to because it's not only the powers that he gained. It was actually accepting that, too. you know, that she had passed and, you know, to not move on with life, but to, to figure out another way. And I thought it was really nice the way he we're not going to into it right away, but the arc of him and figuring that out himself was really nice. Like that was really good. Yeah. I was about to say, like, just agree with Jason and say a hundred percent. That's the point of the movie for me. Um, you know, acceptance and acceptance of self acceptance of moving on. And you find in any superhero movie that everybody starts that way, John, where they don't want their powers. They think their powers Mm -hmm. are a curse. Sorry. Um, and yeah, so yeah, he learns to, I guess, appreciate what he has, but can I just talk about real quick that, that scene that you're talking about there with, um, Affleck's Batman, that, that speech to me was the best thing of the Mm -hmm. entire movie. I just loved that Batman, somebody that people put shit on all the time about not being human about, Hey, Hey, how are we going? Um, about, you know, not being godlike, not having powers, things like this. They, they put shit on him, but at the same time, he's one of the most humane to me because the fact that he did lose his parents and he had to overcome that at a young age. And mm-hmm. I just loved his speech when he said, um, you know, the scars make us who we are today and we can't go back in time and change things. And he said, there's nothing broken about you that needs fixing. And I freaking cried because I was like, he, he needs to learn that, you know, he's trying to fix and he needs that father in. figure. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, his dad's in jail, so he <clears throat> can't really rely on him. And when he tries to, his dad's like, you need to move on with your life. Like, forget about me. And that's, that's what he's struggling with. He can't just move on and forget. He can't do that with his mom. How can he be expected to do that with his dad? So I, I think, really yeah. like that arc, what you said, mm-hmm. Jace. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hit it on the nose, especially with the difference between, like, because there is a huge difference between the 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 accepting that what he can't do for his mother, but what he can do for his father. Yeah. And it was just really nice to see that, um, like the realization, like I said, of his character was really nice at the end. Yeah. But Most definitely. Continue on. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, but another thing that I have to say, though, that. I, that worked for me besides the Bruce Wayne part. I love the speech and everything, but the mother and son dynamic for me works. Mm-hmm. And the father and son relationship to this doesn't work for me. Even whenever I've seen Justice League and stuff like that, I think it's just the whole fact that there was no lead up to that relationship. So therefore I didn't, wasn't out of that invested. I was more invested into the TV show of the flash 
And whenever he, when the father gives him that long speech, I mean, I cried like a baby whenever I heard that speech between Barry and his the father, where oh, Barry yeah. tells him, I just want to be, I want you to be proud of me. He goes, I am proud of you, son. And he yeah. winds up hugging him and whole and stuff like that. That to me had more emotional impact for me for that. But as far as the mother and son dynamic, that worked within the fifth, you know, because there was a lead up to that. It wasn't just dumped on us. And we cared about that. That was the emotional attachment to that character, even though that we know that she's going to die. It still hit me in the feels and even impacted my daughter as well. Cause she was also crying next to me whenever that happened. And I'm like, they're doing the job right. If I'm able to care about a character that I haven't seen on screen and they're adapting it to the right way, I was dialed into that scene, especially when the father and her are dancing. Then he goes out to the store because of spaghetti, because of the sauce. I thought it was really good. That part really worked for me. Yeah, also the, sorry, the, um, this actor is a standing in for the previous guy that played the dad. I think he had a contractual obligation. So mm. there's probably that disconnect too, because he's yeah. just coming right. into this established movie and role and he's trying to, but still a great actor knows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> some and type I, of chemistry. Also I feel like some kind of a director would have seen that he just wasn't like, because yeah. like you said, it, there, there was no like fatherly love i feel like the most kind of affection that i felt they had was the phone call <laughs> and they weren't face yeah. to face <laughs> yeah well he's just the incarcerated version of his dad so he played that well but as far as affection <laughs> the most he did was kind of scrub his head a little bit yeah. like hey what you guys doing I'm like, I don't know. You just ruined the scene. Can you get out of here? We had a touching moment. The buzz kill. Jamie, what about you? You you look like you have, you know. Oh, I just think that you guys are like, he's a roasting him. Like he's grilling so hard on something that doesn't matter. Like this poor guy is stepping in for a role and you guys are like, don't shake your head. Let us try for God's sake. But John, you're right. The, the emphasis was on his mum, the relationship with his mum, the yes. loss of his mum. That's what we should be focusing on. That was the big picture. He yeah. wanted to step in and, you know, change things to fix his dad, but he needed to, you know, go back in time to fix it with his mum in order to realise and have that acceptance that Jason and I were just talking about. So Stop roasting the guy, you guys. I don't know. Maybe I'm That's a bit why she sent him out with a can of tomato sauce. It's not even about yeah, it's not nothing else. Not here, bitch. It's not even a matter of roasting him. I feel like it's more of just the the kid. Again, like you want to feel the connection, and like mm -hmm. he finally Barry makes the connection, but he, I just feel like he doesn't. Kid, did you honestly feel like he connected with? You know, either you or, or Barry, Jamie? In what part? He was sent to go get freaking tomatoes, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? No, like, Jamie, oh, he was guy. coming in to the scene established, and they were dancing, oh. and they were like mother and son. Right. And he comes in like a wet blanket, like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, no. Get out of here. Get tomatoes. You know? <laughs> like, what is he doing? This is Father's oh Day. I saw this, this movie on Father's Day. Day, and he's ruining it. 
<laughs> you guys had high hopes because of the day it fell on. I love right, it. exactly. That, as a father, I completely understand why that fell. Weren't you pissed as a father? See? Yeah, I was pissed. <laughs> I think what it was was he wanted to come in with the dancing, but you guys would have just been like, oh, look at his moves. He can't dance. What a, what a, Lizzie would have tried, Jamie. He would have just been a cheesy dad. We can just get Kevin Bacon to come in from Footloose. See, they should have just had Kevin Bacon do the role. Oh, Lordy, you guys. Anyway, we've spent 20 minutes talking about this. Okay, sorry. You're right. Okay, so there's some other stuff in this, though, too. I thought that the two berries worked out really well. I said that in my non-spoiler review, where I thought that the dynamic between the two berries worked in this. And I definitely liked the chemistry between both berries. I thought that worked out well. As for Iris coming into the apartment and things like that, that part didn't work and didn't land for me at all. I felt very forced. We only saw her one time and he saved her uh, when her car was flipping over in the Justice League movie and that was it. And then we're supposed to believe this relationship is happening. It just didn't... To be honest with you, I think it's just because of the fact that I've seen the Flash TV series and we were more involved with the Flash TV series and how flushed out that was. And this is not that flushed out. It's just like, here's Iris. She's in a car accident. Barry saves her for one thing, gives her a hot, and gets a hot dog at the end of Justice League. And then now they're having this relationship, and she's a news reporter, and she's trying to do that. But that's the way I see it. I'm going on the defensive because I'm in a mood. Sorry, you guys. I love you all, no. but yeah. Clearly, I've had a bad night, and I haven't had much sleep, so I'm just grumpy. But No, fine. you're fine. Be on no, the defensive no, because I am, I am not the happiest with this movie. It's okay. The point of that, John, was to show that young Barry had something to live for. He has mm. a future, and what way do we do that other than seeing, I guess, family? That's the way to make everyone's heartstrings feel better is that if you have a family right so he grows up and gets married to iris there's no other way to really introduce iris other than the fact that she you know was there to help which essentially she wasn't at first she was fishing for information but then you know i guess they just wanted to show that they had a past they went to school together you know something like that so it's like a just a quick way to introduce somebody who really we don't need to know or care about but they're also equally important to the young Barry storyline to prove that he has like a future because clearly in young school, like elementary school, whatever you guys call it, she was, you know, smoking. She was a hot, hot thing, you know, young Barry wanted her. So yeah, I think that there was just to show that there's something, um, his future is worth fighting for or something like that. Don't you agree though? There's kind of really <laughs> shitty of her introduction to be like fishing for information. Like, yeah, I just like yeah. I because I feel like in all honesty, everything else aside, like the like Iris West, no matter what, there was a bigger connection other than just being friends between both of them. They always had a nice little friendship throughout the years in any iteration of their story. But like, I just think that their first interaction over the last couple of years, it, it hasn't been anything. And now she's just going to be like straight kind of to the point I'm here for business pretty much and like I'm just gonna fish like I think that was a really shitty way to introduce her mm-hmm. um other than that I don't have an issue with uh Iris to be honest she wasn't badly played I just think they probably 
they just pushed her on a little bit too much but other than that like that's about it the character was well done besides that those two issues for me okay yeah I was please thinking, don't come after me jamie uh-oh wow i was thinking in real life you want to push people away like that it is poke at your trauma she's like yeah. hey how you doing trauma bomb trauma bomb trauma bomb <laughs> Oh God, I'm sorry. Let me just um back up. Hey, well, yeah, let's let's have dinner. Like yeah. <laughs> the way it just came, it was like, oh, oh my God. He just poked and poked and he had to relive all this. He's like, no comment. I guess no. Wait, really? Yes, no, no comment. Oh God. I'm living my trauma. Yeah. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Another thing that I can say is this, okay? So Whenever he goes, he's actually uh, upset because of the fact that with everything that's going on, he decides to go back in time. Yeah. And I thought the back in time stuff worked. I really liked how you show flash little small nuggets of his memories of seeing uh, Henry Cavill Superman. You see people that was involved in his life. It has this butterfly effect kind of feel to it. And then once he gets knocked out of that part, he goes, of course, when you see the two berries. And at first he thinks that he's the only one. So he's over there eating spaghetti. He's saying, so come on, how's it going? How's it been for like the last 15 years? What have you been up to? Uh, That's a weird question to ask. Yeah. (laughs) How's school? School, yeah. Yeah, school. (laughs) Where am I? (laughs) That was, I I would say, but... um, that whole setup of him actually getting knocked out of the speed force was actually really, I will say nice. Um, I thought that was really cool. The introduction of that character uh, who at that point we have no idea who it was. I will later on when we get to it, when we reveal who it is, get into my reasons why I didn't like it, but did like it at the same time. I will explain. I will explain. I will explain. I promise. I have reasons. But that scene there, don't you guys all agree that that was beautiful to see, Mm -hmm. like, all the flashbacks like that? And, yeah, I I just thought, like, people could talk about the CGI, but that part there, having those scenes flashing like that, that that was crisp to me. Like, that looked really, really good. And it was a good way of showing the past, basically, like, respecting those who've come before this movie and moving on from that now. So I thought that was really beautiful the way they did that. Yeah. And again, like I said, having him that moment, he was actually knocked out of the speed force by whatever entity that we think that is at the time was really nice. And it was really a jarring and you're just like, the fuck? Yeah. Mm. We actually came out of nowhere and just started roller skating towards him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was pretty creepy. I had an issue with the CGI, okay. Uh, yeah. But I, I get the the reasoning behind it. I guess I thought, um, you know, um, Henry Cavill's Superman, like the first one, and when they were going, uh-oh, <laughs> I saw Jamie go, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you have to bring up my Come back, come back. I'm sorry. I mean, you know. The trouble. Yeah, trouble, trouble. <laughs> Hey, you want to get some dinner? Is that to me? I mean, look at how she opened, like, opened up. Oh I was like, 
Remember when Henry Cavill left you, Jamie Lee? Do you remember that? Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> Trauma bomb. <laughs> so let's have dinner. Uh, three o'clock. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's have dinner. Oh, no, uh, guess like the, you know, that dude uh, in the, the first movie when they were going back and doing the memories and they the memories were like uh, elemental, you know. And, and that's how I was too in Black Panther. I guess that um, uh, that resonates with me more than just the CGI rubbery type <laughs> aspect to it. I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it, but yeah. Yeah, no. I Okay, so my whole thing is if the scene where they were running in time, if that whole scene was just how that looked, the CGI looked in that moment, I'd have been fine. But every CGI moment looked like that. Yeah, and yeah. There are moments where um, both of the berries were next to each other mm-hmm. and it looked really janky. Yes. Like there were scenes where, especially in one of them was wearing a costume and a few of them. And I was just like, how did you mess that up there? One of them's in a costume. One of them's not in a costume. Why does one look terrible? And one looks fine. You did it right in parent trap. And that was how many years ago, please, please just do it right. in this one, how much more money did you spend on this than you did in parent trap? And you see, I was just too involved into the whole plot that I didn't really care about that part. Because I'm just so. In- I'm sitting here thinking, wow, I must not have like, um, like a creator's mind or a filmmaking mind because I don't notice any of that. Like as just a normal audience member, I I don't look at that and go, oh my god, look at the differences there. So yeah, it's really interesting to see that, you know, how different people watch movies. I guess you know, like right. Jace noticed that and it took him out, whereas I'm like. Yeah, woo, two Marys, let's go. <laughs> Just have a good time. And- I mean, yeah, it, it was cool, but I, I noticed a little bit of it when his head was going this way and his yes. body was going that way. And I was like, uh, it's kind of weird, but okay. And like you said, I mean, it is kind of a different kind of a mind going into it. Like I've always been a theater kid. I've always been behind the scenes. I was stage design, set design, all that stuff as as a high school kid. So like that shit to me, like makes or breaks me in movies. Like I remember one of my biggest problems with one of my movies was one of the step up movies. And there was a scene in the end where they're doing this whole fucking dance thing. Listen, just hear me out for two seconds. It was this whole dance thing in the end. And there's like one of the kids, he's dancing in the rain. And like one scene, he's got a sweatshirt on. The next scene, he's got no sweatshirt on. One scene, he's got a sweatshirt on. Next, I'm like, my young mind was just like, fix it. (laughs) 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 So yeah, yeah, I'm just very anal with this shit. It just, it was like Justice League, like, not snaps, not Snyder cut. You know what I mean? It was kind of like that CGI. Right. And Andre Andre um Muschietti is actually a fantastic director. He did he the is. first two movies and stuff like that. I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe if some of it was maybe rush production, but then he was also yes. saying, well, the reason why the CGI was off because of the fact that uh, it was giving us a lens behind how Barry sees things. I'm like, no, it just means that you guys ran out of budget and you didn't have time to fix it. Mm-hmm. But that's how I saw it. But you know, I was, I was like, I was like Jamie. I was just so enthused into the actual plot that I didn't even notice anything being off between the two Barrys. I was just mostly concerned about the chemistry, how it was going to fit in, how, the, how what was going to happen. 
and then them, him trying to train 2013 Barry and stuff like that too once he gets struck by lightning and then once I seen where uh, 2023 Barry gets struck by lightning and he takes the lightning rod I'm like yeah he loses powers it goes all his powers goes over to uh, 2013 Barry and I like the whole entire deal where 2013 Barry does not want to listen to uh, him at all. He's doing the phasing through the floor. He's running through the streets naked. He's going. He's doing everything that an adolescent teen would do, and it works. Yeah, that part works for me. Who is high? Hundred percent. Because that laugh. I heard that all throughout. I was like, "Oh my god, please stop." <laughs> That's how I felt about the goats from uh, Thor. You leave those goats alone. Those goats can do nothing to you. That movie we don't leave alone. I think every time we do a stream, we bring up how terrible that movie is. That was my favorite part of the movie, The Goats. I hope you're joking to me, Gar. Removed from the stream. Oops. (laughs) That is so great. Uh oh! <laughs> <Stop laughs> I never would have done it to me, guys. Um, I just—I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I did like the dynamic between them, the two of them. It was honestly great. And like he said, the the moment when they're actually figure out that he doesn't have his powers and he's just trying to phase through the wall, and then he goes to <laughs> run around and he's running around and he's actually just. <laughs> <laughs> I I lost it. I was in the freaking movie theater just dying laughing. That was a really great moment. And then just to have him phase through floors and just cause this whole massive pandemic almost in this uh, city, just running around, freaking blowing up Transformers, (laughs) having his clothes get on fire, all of this. It was absolutely great. I think that scene was beautifully done. Yeah, and it was really important. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, It was really important too because at the start of the movie, he's ordering this coffee and, you know, everything's in fast motion and everything (laughs) has to go so fast in order for him to function. And so that moment there is exactly what we've been talking about, this whole stream about acceptance. He accepted. He was slow. He's like, I'm slow. Like, the fuck is this? You know, so it was that acceptance and the way that they showed it, as you said, Jason, it was beautiful. It was so funny. Yeah, that was very well done. And then, I mean, if I was an 18-year-old kid who got superpowers like that, I would have done the exact same thing. Like, yeah. I, there was nothing that would have stopped me. You couldn't have told me to slow down. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. This is exactly how what I would have done. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just shows um, just the transition. You know, like, we get to see Barry with his powers. Like when he first had his powers. So that that was good for them to put that in there. Like, okay, this is how Barry reacted. Because even when he was talking to himself, he was like, yeah, I did that. But I learned you have to go this way. I learned you have to face this way, X, Y, Z. It's like mentoring himself. So yeah. in a sense, that's psychologically deep. <laughs> if you want to get mm-hmm. that deep into just his relationship with himself, you know. Yes. And then I think the realization that I really liked uh, that I really liked was the moment where he's just finally figuring out like it was just they were talking about Back to the Future and I keep forgetting who they said it was. Uh, Um, Eric Shorts. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah. And I was just like that moment where they finally he's like, what are you talking about? Like, no, this. And he realizes what has happened. And he goes on this whole deep dive of like, okay, who is still around? Can I talk to anyone? Is there anyone that is like actually thinking? And he finally realizes that like the only person left is like Batman. So he goes on the hunt for Bruce Wayne. Like that whole moment where he realizes it and the roommates are uh, his friends or friends from uh, college in his timeline. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like this is hysterical. And it was the, the funny moments were well done. He had a guy on the couch in his underwear with the Eric Stowe's tattoo and then doing the <laughs> pose. It's Gary. And Tidy Whitey's doing a yoga pose. <laughs> the the other thing like, I like. No, this tattoo. And then you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I love but that no, moment the other too. Thing, the, yeah. Oh, sorry, John. Sorry. No, no, sorry. Go on ahead, Jamie. Oh, I was just going to say the, the other funny part was the, the girl, the roommate girl, and she looks at them and he's like, this is my cousin. He's also Barry. And then they're waiting for that moment and she's like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> completely doesn't give a fuck. No, right. I was like, she might be too stoned to even notice. Yeah. But the other thing I liked about that scene was whenever he calls up Arthur uh, Curry, because hey, yeah, is Arthur Curry here? Yeah, you're talking to him. the lighthouse keeper. Yeah, because it's your wife, the Queen of Atlantis. He looks at his wife, who has rollers in her hair and her nightgown. Goes no, like oh shit, uh, I just screwed up the whole entire universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so, <laughs> That realization. Up guy. Yep. Oh, but then you go over to uh, Batman, the Tim Burton mansion, which I fanboyed over because now everything's in cobwebs. Everything is really dark and gloomy, like always, but it's even 10 times worse now. And I like that whole entire scene where they're like, okay, what kind of person is Bruce going to be after all this time? You know? So I was thinking to myself, okay, well, what kind of Batman are we getting here? And then you wind up seeing the berries go into the house because this is supposed to be the cousins. Uh, remember when he goes, we got to go to our cousin's uh, lunch. Yeah. And so yeah. I thought this was the cousin's lunch. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, you thought you were going to get your ass kicked at your cousin's lunch? <laughs> yeah. And then you see this whole entire scene play out where they finally go down to where the kitchen is, as in just, it's all distraught. It's all, and then you see Bruce come out of the cupboards where the secret passage is, and he's throwing his sandal, he's throwing his knife, he's doing all this other stuff. And two, uh, 2013 Barry's over there dodging it while the other Barry is over there getting hit with a sandal, getting hit with everything. <laughs> that scene alone was hilarious. Yes. That old man got moved still. I was surprised. I thought he was just gonna be like, yeah, with a walker or something. <laughs> <laughs> he came out like the ninja moves. I was like, dang, Bruce still got it in his old age. <laughs> she was expecting him in a walker being like, I'm <laughs> bad <Yeah>. man. <laughs> my damn one. Batman. Oh, oh, pull my team back in. 
Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> that would have been Compression socks on and all. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's I'm sure you are. It's well <laughs> on the walker. I endorse those. No, songs. yeah. I, oh, and I think it was really great where he finally real and again another realization moment where he was just like so you're telling me this is a timeline and he like explains it i mean he explained it very well with the spaghetti but it was also very funny yeah it was yeah. like you see like just the way is just like they sometimes intertwine and certain things just can't be you know certain things yeah. are focal points and certain things can't be changed and like having to realize that certain things in order to save the timeline certain things uh, can absolutely not be changed Right, and he go, and then he goes. You see these little uh, these spaghetti noodles? Yeah, those are lines interconnecting lines to other universes. And you see this right here? Yeah. And that's the tomato sauce. He goes, what's that tomato sauce? (laughs) 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 And then the 2013 bears over there eating it. Yeah. And he just looks at him. What 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 are you doing? I thought this was the cousin's lunch. Yeah, I was gonna ask what is what is you guys' favorite explanation of the multiverse? Is it Marvels or DC? Hmm. For me, well, for me though, coming off of Ant Man and seeing how Ant Man handled it, I think that this handled it a lot better than Ant Man. Yeah, for me, and I like I like both. I like both Marvel and DC movies. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. It's just that I just thought that it was handled a lot better with the, the explanations and explaining stuff and bringing it down. And the other one, to me, it was just a little bit of a mess mm-hmm. for me to be able to follow a little bit. I think that this, um, I like the way they described it. Like I said, I think the the analogy they used and just the way that he's talking about fulcrum points within the timeline, they not only create um, a different, you know, time where like the past is still going to be the same, but no, it's like, it's a completely different reality where like everything has changed. The only thing that hasn't changed is the point that you changed yourself. Everything Mm -hmm. else can be changed. Everything else can be different. Nothing is guaranteed. And I think that was a really nice, like, way to really describe like how we can change anything like honestly like it was a nice way to be like hey if we want to we can change everything through this moment and i think it was a nice way to reset their universe i think so too pretty much just what jay said um when comparing marvel and dc i don't really like to do that because it's two Mm -hmm. different things and i don't believe again on the defensive but i don't believe that ant-man was trying to like explain time travel I think we were introduced to the quantum realm, sure, but I don't think that they were trying to, like, explain to us that. Um, And if anybody were to, it would be Doctor Strange rather than Kang. But um, anyway, but I did like, as Jay said, I like the analogy with the spaghetti, and it really helped you to understand, you know, that these things change um, and this is how things can become, what did he call it, like a hot mess or whatever, when he put all the spaghetti together. That's what happens. We create this big hot mess. Mm -hmm. So. I do like the way it was explained. Um, and again, like, I know I'm going hard on the Batman love here, but his speeches are amazing. Like, that speech yeah. about self-acceptance and don't go in time, you're going to ruin things, was perfect. This one, same thing. He has accepted there's nothing I can do. Nobody cares about the Batman. I, I'm nothing. I'm just a guy. 
walking around in thongs, making some spaghetti, you know? Yep. So um, <laughs> he's accepted that. And um, as with Affleck's Batman at the start there, you know, he accepted he can't go back and he save his mother and father. It's just you, you have I to mean, move on. Can we all just appreciate old man Keaton for a second? Because oh. like, he was just awesome. Like, I mean, I yeah. swear to God. Like, I just... Yeah. To be honest, I just loved him portraying Batman again. It was awesome to see and to see him adapt with this new, like adapt to the new age, but also just still be the same Batman we loved from the first ones. Mm-hmm. Especially like, having yeah. the old wing tech that we had yes. from the 1980s. Yeah. The rollerball mouse. Yes, oh, it no. was awesome. I, mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't complain at all about that. Michael Keaton as Batman will forever be amazing. I just Same. wanted more of him. That's my yes. only complaint. I just, That's how I, I yeah. feel about it as well. I wanted like, more of Keaton's Batman. But I also felt like whenever they're going through the Batcave and then they're trying to figure out where Superman is, because there has to be a Superman within this universe, right? Oh. So I was thinking to myself, like, okay, so how are they going to get Batman on board, right? So I'm thinking, like, this, on this level. And... The way they did it was a little too fast. I wanted a little bit of a thing of trying to get Bruce on board before it actually happened, before he actually said, yes, I'll help you. Yes. But it just felt like it was a little too rushed, where it's like, I'm miserable. I'm old. I don't feel like doing anything. It's like, you know what? You know what, Barry's? I'm going to help you. I mean, (sighs) it was the parents, weren't it, that really pushed him to help? Yes, it was definitely the parents. parents. I will say it was it was not as bad as uh what's your mom's name? Oh Martha. Oh shit, my mom's name is Martha. We can't fight. It was not as bad as that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just true. It was not as bad as yeah. Oh, <laughs> All right, I'll go save your mom now. Not as bad as that. I will say I did like the moment where he's just like sitting there and he's doing all the research he can and he just is like, listen, I know you're fucking watching. Like I you're you, there's no reason you're not, you know we're down here, you know what we're doing. Like you're 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 you've been watching this whole time. Like what the hell, man? Like and just that whole little conversation to him, I think, was a little, was really nice. Mm-hmm. I got you. What about for you, Jamie? I forget what the question was, but I agree with that. Yep. What was the <laughs> question? Was the Martha thing. <laughs> no, I was stuck on the like, Martha thing. I'm like, that was so cringy. Martha. It? it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was more of just like, how did you what feel did you about say? that? Like, what did you say? How did you feel about that interaction between uh, uh, in that moment where he was actually calling him out for being like, I know you're watching and all that stuff. Like, how did you feel about that? I, I think that, again, like Batman in this, in the young Barry's world, he sort of didn't really have a purpose, I guess, which is coming off from what I said before, you know, so it sort of took him to realize, okay, this kid needs my help. Um, and I guess an incentive to help him in order to do something because clearly he he didn't have a purpose in my eyes like he was just living in this bat cave making spaghetti like he he, he didn't have a purpose he didn't he didn't want to do anything or have any reason to do anything so right. i think he needed that sort of kick or that oomph to like be batman you know yeah. get nuts right. i don't know I love that. I love that quote when he says, it, "Let's get nuts." I, 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 I fanboyed so hard Everybody in the theater. Say it again. 
was like, rewind, rewind that, rewind that, play that back. Play it one more time. <laughs> Hey, I'm I completely loved when he walked out and was just like, I'm Batman and all that. I loved it. Yeah, I me too. Fanboy, I'm fanboy. In the back of my mind, I'm like, you know you're not leaving yet, right? Like, you know you're going to be standing around wearing rubber for a really long time, right? You are. Like, you could have been, like, just chilling for a little bit. You didn't have to get all rubber suited up real quick. He was ready to go. He was ready to go. You shaved and took off a lot of hair really be, quick by yourself. You know what would be funny, though? If, like, berries, the berries just went on ahead. You know what, man? We got it where we need. Peace out. Bruce is still there with his rubber suit on. Ready to make that big, that great quote. He's like, okay. When am I supposed to say it? Where is everyone? Where is everyone? Be the Christian bell. Where is everyone? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, it's Ricky. You kill me. Oh, I'm no, glad I, did, I put I him in this like, movie. I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't want you. <laughs> I mean, it was just the end. Again, just to, to really highlight how well of a um, detective Batman has been in every iteration and every uh, version of him, I think it was great how he, as soon as he started helping, they were able to get the missing links that they needed. They figured out where this so-called Superman was being held and all this other stuff. And I think that was really nice. And I think that whole little plane ride with them and just like, no, you ask him. No, I don't want to ask him. You ask him. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking to him. Like, that was awesome. Right. Oh, okay. But yeah, I definitely liked that whole entire dynamic as well. And then, of course, seeing Supergirl come out as well in Russia, and I thought that was actually a pretty cool moment to have. And then you have this whole entire thing. She had a lot more dialogue than I thought she would actually have. Yeah. I thought she was just going to be one. I thought she was actually going to be just standing in the background, kind of, and not really saying much. But they gave her a lot, a lot, little bit more than I thought they would, and I liked it. But I wanted to see more dialogue and more stuff for her to do. But for the most part, they actually gave her a lot, so I'm, I was happy with the way the direction that they did with that. I, my only issue, and this is just a funny moment for me again, just kind of like Barry's like pose. It was like anytime she was gonna go fight someone, she got in like the Devo pose and then just was like, Poof. I was just like, what the fuck? No, that's what they all do. It's running. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. fought with your girlfriend before, Jace. What are you talking about? We yeah. all that Come on now. You, you want put a fight? Superman you shirt on and flirted with your girl. <laughs> Be tripping. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted but, to mention the basement yeah. just then, but I thought we better keep the green screen stuff to ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I know that we left off with the fact that, you know, we we wanted up leaving off with some positives along with some negatives and some things that we liked and some things that we didn't like. I know that we were talking about Supergirl, and I just got to say this. I really love the appearance of Supergirl whenever they discover her in the movie itself because everybody's thinking, oh, it's going to be probably another Superman, which we knew that it wasn't going to be, but the characters from their lenses 
and everything thought it was going to be another Superman. And I just thought that the introduction to Supergirl was fantastic. I thought they gave her a lot to do compared to what I thought they were going to do. And even though they shouldn't have that much dialogue, I thought that she did a pretty decent job for what she had compared to what I thought she was going to have. But what did you guys think? Um, personally, I think she, uh, what do you call it? I think she, she was greatly casted. The, the chick herself who played her was very well done. I think a bit of the choreography for the action scenes with her were a bit where it fell short for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it just looked like she was making a Debo pose and then just, like it was just just wasn't a real fight scene for me in uh in any way shape or form for a superman and it was just but other than that like she portrayed supergirl very well let me tell you man yeah macho man always finds a way to talk about favorite stuff i'm gonna say it like this oh we got out of character I, I kind of got out of character because I, I, I could do it the whole time. Take the glasses off, you're going to be out of character. Okay, so if, I don't, if I don't, okay, friend. Okay. All right, so in all reality, here's the deal for that. I felt like the Supergirl fights felt... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Like a little bit more like Dragon Ball Z, if Dragon Ball Z was done somewhat well. Uh, not that we've had that live action adaptation yet. So, yeah, it does seem a little bit bookish as far as the whole, like, just I'm staring at you, Zod, and now I'm just going to fly in your general direction. Um, I feel like Supergirl as a whole, I love the flying stuff that they did with her. I let it look mm-hmm. really dynamic and cool. Uh, her flying was much better than some of the running I saw being done over the course of the movie. <laughs> And then a movie called The Flash. It's kind of weird that the girl that flies around looks better than this running guy. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my thing there. Is I can't be mad at her. And then also I love how they kind of mashed up different uh, versions of Supergirl, Superwoman, some of the other comic book versions of Supergirl into that version. Plus they were inspired by Henry Cavill's costume, of course, Yeah. Uh, for it. You can kind of tell that in the design. And so I thought that was really cool. I appreciate the fact that the few times you do see her is like, for example, the whole Barry needing to get shocked by the lightning again. You know, and so she's just like, I'm gonna fly him up there. Did it look like a Dr. Frankenstein type of feel to it where it's like, well, you know, this lightning is not hitting him the way it needs to. So you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and fly him up there to yeah. fry him even more. It just That's felt the like lightning um, only works, but sure. I mean, right, you know. Go figure at that point. We've already kind of jumped the shark fourfold. I mean, the baby scene alone was enough to kind of jump the shark. I mean, we've, we've jumped the shark at this point in this film so hard. It's just like, well, yep, we're going to fly into the lightning. And Supergirl doesn't get hit at all. It's just Barry. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, of course. Don't you know? She's not conductive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's in the suit. She, she doesn't She doesn't get shocked because of the suit. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, the whole Benjamin Franklin experiment was interesting too. Um, the kite and the wiring and everything else, and the electric chair was 
bit disturbing, but it's fine, you know. Saying Which that's from it. that's from the Flashpoint <laughs> comics too, so at least it oh, it, oh. it had those moments from the from the source material at least. I mean, yeah, and so I mean, I'm not it's gonna knock reverse it flash. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other story. <laughs> we talked about we we talked about that on my show. That'll drop next week. Where it's just like. People are like, oh, it's the reverse flash. Oh, it's Zoom. It's like, was it either, really? Well, there's right. But, yeah. I was hoping that it would be Zoom for this one, to be honest with you, because it looked like they were setting up for Zoom, and then whenever it got to the point where we see the grand finale of it, it's just Barry. Well, I mean, um, it's actually Savitar. Right. Like, it's actually Savitar. Like, it's yes, it's Barry, but, like, it's that version of him that got twisted and manipulated within the time, uh, the Speed Force, that had just, like, kept trying to fix. I think the original iteration of Savitar is him trying to save Iris, not his mother. But this was kind of the exact same feel. Yeah. And Dark Flash is a different version of the brother of Wallace West, the Black Wallace. Uh, in the comics, if you would do at some point during the DC stuff, you have a Wally West who's the redheaded white dude, and then you got Wallace's black Wally. And it, they are both referred to as Wally, which isn't confusing at all, uh, you know, for any reason. But anyway, so yeah, so basically, like, this is the brother of the black Wally that is the Dark Flash in the New 52. So it's just a mashup of a bunch of different flashes. Which the new fifty two is not even canon anymore either. No. So because they had the rebirth. When you're about to kill a universe and reboot it with James Gunn, you gotta go somewhere. True. <laughs> Thanks, James. Although I don't know if we totally have rebooted it, but I mean that was the goal, right? This was supposed to right. be launch the new thing off that we still have two movies for that James Gunn had nothing to do with. But what about you, Jamie? Oh, I, with the Supergirl thing, I'm a little bit against everyone. I, I was a little bit disappointed. When I think of Supergirl, I think of like hopeful and, you know, just full of spirit. And she was a little bit, um, I don't want to say depressing on screen, but I mean, she was just tortured. You know what I mean? I completely I understand. Say, I think the difference is the one thing, and I'll just, uh, the Supergirl that we're used to has her um her nephew like the supergirl we know got to see her nephew grow up and got to see like the iteration that we know she didn't get to fulfill her mission her mission was failed and i think that's why she's so bitter and angry yeah well, and also if you got buried under a government facility and it kind of played her up again as parallel to the superman version that was in flashpoint where he had never seen light he crashed and they buried him as soon as they as soon as they, they found him. They buried I don't him think she had either because when she went out there in her suit, like she was really soaking that in. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think the same thing. She was. Yeah, yeah they were playing it kind of as a parallel between that and and her to where, you know, she does have the line in there where it talks about the hope thing. Like you know, do you know what this S means? Mm-hmm. It means hope, and for our people, but Zod ain't our people. You know, not at us, you know, like he ain't invited to the cookout type situation. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Not since that one time. No, Michael Shannon, you're not invited to the cookout. I don't care who, look, you're not even bringing plates. You ain't bringing cups. You ain't bringing nothing. You ain't invited. Yeah. When you knock off an infant, see you later. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It was just an adjustment for my brain, I think, you know, to see her so 
just gloomy. You know, I expect that from Batman, Supergirl, I expected a bit more spirit, but I understand why, because as I said, she was tortured and I completely get where you're coming from, Jace. But, um, and I know that she's got great intentions. Like she did come back and she did try and help them in order to, you know, protect this earth that she's now on. So yeah, I completely understand, but I'm like, oh, in the future, I want to see her, you know, smiling and super, like the Supergirl <laughs> that I really like. So I don't know. The I'm thing that I like, though, too, whenever they, when she's like, well, why should I even bother saving our, your planet? Because of what they did to me. And then various basically that light into her darkness and be like, well, because the world is worth saving versus just one person that's making it seem bad. And for that moment, you can see where she's like, you know what? I'll go ahead and protect the earth because of Barry, because he's like that light into that darkness. So I'll do that. And I, that's something I really liked was all of a sudden his her character kind of light up, lights up just a little bit. But I understand the dark and gloomy, and that's not something you're expecting because you're expecting her to be like the old school Supergirl where she's basically happy-go-lucky kind of thing in a sense. But also, too, this one's been tortured. So, yeah, you actually have a little bit of a dark tone with it. So, yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that, Jimmy, though, too. Um Another thing, too, is I thought it was really funny to see Barry have his powers back. And then you have uh, the other Barry takes the old Batman costume and oh, then... Jumping off the ears. And I whispered over to my wife when I seen that, right? I said, this is what happens when you order your costume off a of wish. Mm-hmm. Timu. He shot Disney. like a millionaire and got ripped off. I was so pissed when I saw that. I was like, it's bad enough, Ezra, you're Ezra. But also, you have to disgrace the Batman suit. And then it was like that silent cut. It was like, just rubbing it in the world. It's like nails on a chalkboard. I was like, oh my God. Here's my question. And it was the biggest problem with my biggest problem with the movie that I really haven't thought about till just recently. If they had timed that a bit better, I think the movie could have done better. Here's mm-hmm. what I mean. Remember, let's go back in the Wayback Machine a little bit. Remember when The Matrix came out? Right before The Matrix came out, there was a movie called Equilibrium that came out with a slightly younger uh, Christian Bale and Tate mm-hmm. It was a really cool movie. Similar plot themes, you know, the whole emotionless thing and all that. And Christian Bale's got gun collars and they're sitting there literally doing martial arts with gunplay and all this other crazy stuff. And then the Matrix came out and like t- tidal wave destroyed it like a week later. Well, here's the problem. If Across the Spider-Verse is one of the coolest multiversal movies you got, why would you come out the week after that <laughs> and try to tell a multiversal story? I would have actually held back from that and put it out maybe three weeks later. They pushed that movie back so many times. Anyway, you could have afforded to push it back two more weeks. True. Because I'm sorry, because Across the Spider-Verse is a train wreck. Like, it's just, it's rolling over everybody still. That thing is a juggernaut. Without the juggernaut Yeah. But I do agree with you. I mean, they could have just held it back a little bit, even though they believe that this film was positive. But then again, every single DC film, they said, oh, this is like the best DC film ever. And everybody's at this time is like, okay, yeah, we believe you. Sure, we do. 
because we've heard this over and over again since Batman versus Superman and so forth. It so makes it's me sad to trust. They, it makes me sad that they canned the Batgirl movie now. Cause I'm like, this is what we got instead. They canned the Batgirl movie that was finished, and they couldn't do CG that was good for this movie. We couldn't see Batgirl like at all. Like you just tax wrote off it. Like, nope, right. you're not gonna see it on streaming service. Nothing. Nope. Nowhere. Oh, nope. We're not gonna just, you, you ain't even gonna get to see it on bootleg at a Comic Con. I'm gonna find it. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. It's my life mission right there. I'm gonna find that. See, <laughs> your mission is that movie. My mission is Song of the South. Mm-mm. I no. want to have Song of the South and do a watch do a Song of the South with my co-host. Just so we can sit there and just be like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> but, but, you know, another thing that I thought that was, it felt like Michael Keaton didn't even miss a beat. It felt like he never even missed putting on the cow at all. Mm-hmm. And that's something I liked. He was so in tune, so glued into this role. And then whenever you see him with this old technology fighting over into this desert and you're try- he's trying to take down Zod, and he and he doesn't know that that's not going to hurt him at all because he hasn't had enough prep time to do anything to research anything, and it basically he winds up destroying one of them, and then after that he tries to go after this big one, and then winds up killing him, and then Barry decides to go on ahead and try to go back backwards a few minutes and try to save everybody again because Supergirl, Supergirl gets stabbed. Everything is just in total chaos because of the because of that, and it's like a butterfly effect. You keep on doing the same thing over and over again. It has it doesn't change anything. And the definition of doing the same thing over and over again is chaos. And I just felt, and that was something that I was actually shocked to see in a way where we actually see the bad guys win. But then after that, I have to go back over to the Spider-Man movie too, where it's like, well, this world is doomed. To feel this world is doomed no matter what you do, like um, Osborne said. So, either way, either outcome it goes, it's there's it was meant for them to be destroyed. Mm, Inevitable, Mm -hmm. yeah. The outcome, and even Zod collecting Supergirl's blood, like that in itself could have been its own movie. (laughs) You know, like, okay, what are you gonna do with this blood? And then it was like, oh, don't worry about that. Come back over here. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, okay, sure. I just forget about that. I don't know. He just went back to his spaceship twice, basically, like stabbed her twice. I think that was the excruciating part, just seeing Barry try again and again. And it's the same outcome. It's like she gets stabbed again and again and again. And then we got to watch Batman die again and again. And I'm like, this is. Some sick shit right here, man. I mean, stuff like that would make you go crazy. It Mm -hmm. would turn you into this freaking jaded thing where it's like, I gotta fix it. I gotta try and go back. Like, I completely understand, like, the whole rationale of, like, trying to get through this and trying to get, you know, save them both. But I think it's a beautiful message to just be like, some things you just can't change. Some things are just, you gotta let go. I thought it was interesting, too. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jamie. I said it would have been a big burden on his brain as well because his mentality at first, like his original intent was to go back and save his mum. Uh, and then 
obviously over time or replaying that same death scene, he realizes that he's destroying the world. Like not just his mum, the whole this whole, the whole universe is, right. yeah, is gone. So obviously he's obsessed with trying to fix that because that's a way bigger burden than just not having your mum around. Like as brutal as that sounds. Yeah. And I like this whole entire deal. Just just the green alone, whenever you see the world, it kind of reminded me of Wizard of Oz in a sense with the coloring of it, where basically you have the world um, of the Supergirl, then you have uh, Nicolas Cage, you have all these people built up into this world. And I, I thought it was a perfect homage to everything that we had in the past. And then trying to move, and we're trying to move on just as Barry's trying to move on. So basically, we're trying to forget about the things from the past and move on and move forward. Uh, and I thought that was also a message to us. Sometimes it's better to leave things in the past than it is to bring things, leave things in the present. So that's something I thought. 100%. And that comes full circle back to what I explained as my favorite scene in this mm -hmm. whole movie, which was the Ben Affleck speech about don't go back mm -hmm. and change the past. The past is what made you who you are. And there's nothing broken about you that needs fixing. And oh, oh stop it. I loved it. Right there. Like, you don't need to go back and fix things. There's no need. I just dig the fact we have nurturing Batman. Yeah, right. Right. No Robin. It's like Ben Affleck is like the coolest Batman. Like he's truly like the bat, bat dad. He's like, Barry, you don't have to nope. do this. You can you can just you the scars of who you have to break it. I was like, Batman saying this? Like I gotta understand if Superman have been saying it maybe. But like Batman and the comics and everything is always like, suck it up and don't do something stupid, Barry. That type of thing. But <laughs> in this thing, he's really like well, just concerned. You know. Considering it's Bruce and not Batman, it makes it a whole lot more meaningful versus coming from Batman. Batman is the altered ego, so I think it would actually make more sense for that for Bruce to do it rather than Batman. And well, I can argue that Bruce is the alter ego. Bruce, I mean, Bruce is the alter ego. Bruce died that day in the alleyway with his parents. Batman was born that day in the alley. The facade is Bruce Wayne now, getting some deep wounds. So, but that's a whole other, that's a conversation for another day. Mm. Yeah, well, your first oh, mistake sure. was saying Affleck was a good Batman, so. I enjoyed hey. him. I mean, he is, world. but yeah, yeah, I yeah, am yeah. biased of Michael Keaton. You should have said he is a great second. Really? We can't tell Tamika. They cut off his ears. How disrespectful. I want to shirt made about this. What Michael Keaton said, what the hell are you doing? I need more Michael Keaton. That's all I got to say. Look, who knows, man? We might get a Michael Keaton movie out of this. I would love to see Michael Keaton come back as the older Bruce Wayne and they do the actual Batman Beyond thing that's written Thank you. That's what I like. That Batman. Yes. Okay. I doubt we will. Keaton's getting up there. I'm sure no, he doesn't no, want to be. No. No. Okay, no. Keaton no, wants his role. No, no, he no, wants it. No. Not wrong in no. the age department. But old Bruce wasn't young either. He was good. He was great. No, of course he was. But that was also probably a stunt double. Do you see that? Do you see that? He threw that shoe. He was probably a stunt double. He doesn't need to be jumping around and kicking it. people's butts and all that stuff. And old man Bruce, he just says Terry to do all that stuff. Did you see it? Huh? Did you see it? Don't you go disrespect <laughs> the elderly kids, guys. Look what you get, mate. Look what you get. <laughs> like, I'll fight right now. Leave me more Keaton. Yeah. 
They want to see him in that walker, okay? They want to see him crawling yeah. along and fighting crime. Yes. Leave him alone. Yeah. Just like Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood can do it. So can Michael Keaton. Okay. God. Clint Eastwood is 200 years old. I'm about to say, if, to, well, if, if he's 200 years old, Harrison Ford is almost 150. Harrison yeah, Ford is doing Harrison Ford is going to be doing another Indiana Jones movie, okay? So and he's going to be president of the United States in... The new Captain America movie. So I'm just saying that Michael Keaton can get in there and be old man Bruce mm-hmm. to a young he Terry. Shoe. You saw him throw that shoe, right? And that Parmesan cheese and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did he started throwing his stuff. Hey, you, you guys want something to eat? It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that closet. yeah, he did good. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton is the best Batman yeah. back yep. in the day. My wife knows. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. See, he married a smart woman. See. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, no. You're good. You. I have a question for you guys. Okay, answer. Should they have revealed who killed Barry's mom in the movie? I think it was better left undone because of the fact that number one, you would have to make another Flash movie. That's true. And there, this is supposed to be like the last movie into the DCU. And after that is Aquaman. But I think if they went on ahead and did that way, you would have to make another Flash movie. And therefore, with them with this movie flopping and everything, I just don't see them going Hard. in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they should. Yeah, I don't think they should have just because that would have left a left a huge, uh, a huge like plot hole kind. Not even plot hole, but like just like question to everyone. Just like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Who is this? Who is this guy? Reverse plot. What? Huh? Too much. Who, huh? True. And like people right. don't, who aren't like really into comics books and the shows and all these things like we are would probably be very much confused on what the fuck is going on. Mm. I'm sorry, That's but true. I'm one of those people that he's talking about, and I couldn't give a rat's about who killed her in that point. Ivan Thorn is a menace to society, and Reverse Flash needs to die. Okay, <laughs> but in that point in time, I was just like, "How's he going to save the world?" Like, yeah, I, I wasn't really interested on who killed killed his mum at that point in time, to be honest. But I just like the fact that they wrapped up the fact that you know it was all about proving Barry's father innocent and left it with that versus it being where oh who killed the mother. I like the fact that it was more about proving the innocence of the father versus doing it having two different plot lines going on at the same time. I think it would have been too much for the film already. We were already clocking at two hours and forty something minutes already. <laughs> so. To add in the killer of Barry's mom, I think that just having the loss of losing the mother was enough. And then having to lose his dad in, pr- in prison was enough for me to where I was like, okay, I'm more invested in that versus who was Bar- who killed Barry's mom. That was just me, though. Yeah, that was the same opinion I had. Yeah. And I, I did wonder the whole time I was sitting there like, are we going to get to see Zoom? Are we going to just have a moment where there's a blur, yellow blur sitting there with a knife? And then he f- f- runs away before dad comes in. You know, and the reason I said that is because I feel like there was that point where Barry's whole thing was, well, if dad had been home, this wouldn't happen. I'm like, well, whoever killed her would have just killed, could have just killed the dad too. We don't know who killed him, killed her. So I feel but the way that they played that off, though, was that um, the person thought that the person 
thought that the house was empty and that's why they came in like as a robbery. That's what they set it up as, I'm pretty sure, didn't they? That's true. That's true. They did say that. I got the impression that they only entered because they thought the place was empty. Like if the dad and her were dancing, which we know doesn't happen in that house, um, they probably would have <laughs> They aren't really in love. Sorry, I still can't no, get out <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Expand on that. Hold on. They don't dance together? What? Wait, 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 wait. Talk to me about that. In, in part one of our, our, our last stream. Part one. You got to see part one. <laughs> part one of part our last imagination. We were talking about how um, cringy it was that, oh, well, not cringy, mm-hmm. but the son and like, young Flash and the mum were dancing and everything was beautiful. And then the dad just walks in and they're like, their dad was just like a wet rag. Just throwing Yeah. It. What are you guys was- doing? Dancing? We're like, yeah, go away, fool. Get some tomato sauce and get out of here. Yeah. Go to the grocery store. Give me some tomato sauce, sucker. Yeah. Right. It was a good time. I had fun with it. But then I liked the whole entire (laughs) tornado part where you actually see the different things that Barry's done and can't, and then decides, you know what? I'm actually screwing this up even more. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to have to let my mom go again and sacrifices what he loves to save the world. Now that's a hero yeah, and not about his own self. So he goes back out to the supermarket, puts the um, sauce back on the shelf. And I like how he gets to have that one confrontation between his mom and him and just be like, and she's like, do I know you? He goes, no, I'm just, I'm out of town. And you know, and she's okay, and he's just crying. And this part made me ball in the theaters. Like I was yeah. like, this part made me tear up, and caught me with the feels. And you know, even my own my my own daughter though too. She was also uh, having that emotional attachment to that character too. And I just thought that it worked. I just thought it was a beautiful scene, and him putting on the the clothes and stuff like that in the supermarket. I thought it was very smart and very beneficial to that character to just have that one heart to heart moment with his mom. What about for you guys? Yeah, absolutely beautiful. We all know that I cry in anything emotional and that, especially when we got to the, I love you. I love you more. Oh, please, 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 please just stop. My heart can't take it. Beautiful. Totally beautiful. It, it was, was beautiful a- when the mom was looking at his eyes because there was that line at the beginning of the movie, whatever he had come in and the other Barry hadn't come around that yet. It's just like, oh, you shaved your you shaved your hair. I can see your eyes now. And so she looked at his eyes that time. And so I thought it was interesting that she didn't pick up on the fact she had looked into those eyes before. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered if she knew, but she just didn't say. Because she's sitting there talking about it. He's like, she just looks at him like this familiar, this glaze of familiarity comes over, and I and I admit I, I shed some tears too. And what? then when I realized he, <laughs> when I realized when he basically switched the cans so that his dad would have to look up, I was like, did he learn nothing? He just yeah. did the same thing that he did. He didn't. He put the can back, but then he moved all the cans and tomato soup up on the top shelf so that his dad would look. What did you learn? What are the rules, Barry? You know what the rules are. You don't mess with anything. One of those moments, though. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh. And that's why we, if it wasn't for him doing that, he would have been back where we had Batfleck oh. and not George. <laughs> um, not, not the Clooney, not the Clooney verses they're calling it now. Right. And like my wife said, they could have left George Clooney out and put Christian Bale in. Uh, Christian know, Bale would have walked out. You would have understood a word he said. Where's her? Where's her? <laughs> Martha. Oh, I'm so much better now, Barry. Hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. All I did was a cough drop the whole time. My goodness, that's incredible. It took me um like two days to figure out why George Clooney was in. I was like, what happened? And then I was like, oh, the I should have called y'all. I should have said, hey, guys, what happened? I could have spared myself two days of being confused. Oh, you didn't see that? You didn't see the brief cameo of Arnold Schwarzenegger running around going, ice to meet you, as as Barry was running around in the fight scene against uh, against Todd. I was like, because I was like, oh, his dad got off. This is good. (laughs) That's right. Going in here. Okay. Hmm, Weird. Two days. I wasted two days, and I could have called y'all. I'm sorry. I would have laughed so much harder if Christopher Chris O'Donnell showed up too. <laughs> On the other side, he's just like, "Hi, this is Robin. Who the heck's Robin?" He pulls up in a flight. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, Alicia Silverstone shows up as Batgirl. We just bring the whole group in. No, please. Please, no. <laughs> I'm already triggered from that movie. <laughs> Come on, I thought I driving. George Clooney chest. I was like, oh. Trust me, I even tried to forget it too. I tried to give away my Batman and Robin DVD after we got done reviewing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that was a good soundtrack, yep. though. That soundtrack was good. Mm-hmm. Yep, look, seal. Look. Look, any any Batman movie that didn't have Bat Dance on it by Prince is not good by comparison. Well, Seal was pretty good now. Seal was all right. He got a kiss from a rose. Kiss from a rose. I get it. Not as good as Bat Dance. Mm. Well. But all in all, though, I thought... So and the scene was go. really good because we believed that maybe the technology, or maybe they did something with the video footage to show the innocence was perfectly well laid out until you get to the whole entire moment after the court, after they plead him not guilty and he's innocent and you're celebrating with Barry, then you see and hoping that is bat flick and then here comes uh, bat nipples. I mean, here comes uh, here comes <laughs> bat nipples. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the Batman credit card. We were hoping for Affleck, but Tamika's over here being like, "Please be Keaton, please be Keaton." Yeah, why couldn't you just roll this stuff in there? I'm like, yo, what's he up? probably was hoping for that though too. But I was also hoping for Batfleck to come in though too. So I was like, half and half, like half sweet, half unsweet. So I was like, I'll say this: I kind of would have. Oh, okay. I said this: I would have loved to have seen if Kevin Conroy had still been alive. It'd have been dope for Kevin Conroy to be the one to get out of the car as Bruce Wayne. Mm, yeah, it would, but half the, the generation would have been like, who's that guy? It's just like, 
Who the, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Conroy doing Batman one more time. I just, oh my God. I think they should have had a stretch limo and popped all of them out. Have you voiced Batman in any cartoons? This is the greatest. Have you ever played ever. Batman? You're in the car. Just had the one scene where they're all just like, "No, I'm Batman." Yeah, yeah. Just that. That would be perfect. Yeah, It's no longer the Flash, but it's just Batman in the Multiverse of Madness. Exactly. That's what I wanted. <laughs> to make us over here playing oh, Oprah. Sorry. You get a Batman, you get a Batman, we all get a Batman. Exactly. <laughs> Glad you mentioned that, Jamie, because that was actually the one I was thinking in my head. <laughs> <laughs> you get a Batman? Yeah. It's okay, I'm going to write the DC oh, yeah. studios and tell them I need a Michael Keaton Batman movie. And I'm going to see that. Well, though. I, want, I do want to see that as a Michael Keaton movie, though. Okay, I'm going to let you know how it goes when I write them. Okay, please do. I like to know because so far I've written the script for the new Beetlejuice movie that, and I've also written the script for the new. Uh, what was the other movie that I wrote? Anyways, I wrote another. Oh yeah, I actually gave ideas for Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan for Rush Hour uh, for the next Rush Hour movie. So they need to go on ahead and pay me. So if you can, <laughs> do me a favor. Dope. Yeah, By the way, I, you mentioned Aquaman is the next movie. I think Blue yeah. Beetle comes out before Aquaman. Think, yeah. Okay. Aquaman's <laughs> August and uh, Aqu- Blue Beetle's August. Aqu- Aquaman's December. But December. the way That's that so they explained it they- is that Blue Beetle is the first DC new reboot character, but it's not in that timeline. So nope. Aquaman will follow the timeline from where we left off, but Blue Beetle is a different, not a timeline. I think they should have swapped it. To be honest with you, if it doesn't, if Aquaman is not cohesive with anything, have it have it before Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle should be after that. It would make yeah. more sense to me on that. Yeah, like a this is the new phase, and I'm right. closing out the old phase with Aquaman. Yeah. I get what you mean. Who it's knows, confusing. though, honestly. It is so confusing. Like, James Gunn came out and said that this was, like, the best movie ever, and now that it's copped so much backlash, he's sort of backtracking and being like, of well, we is. did the best that we can. So, he just and lost. back with the time <laughs> thing. They paid um, him a ton of money to say that, I'm sure. He's the oh, drink yeah. of Twitter. Yeah. Sorry, yeah? No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. With the time thing that we were talking about before, like I think when they release movies, it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more to it than just, oh yeah, release on this time and whatnot. Like I think specifically with Ezra, like he's got so many court things. I don't think that they want that backlash. Whereas currently um, he was able to go to the premiere. Like that was one of his conditions that he was able to actually go to the premiere of that movie. So I think maybe the release might've had some sort of, you know, that might've had an impact on, on things as well, like with his court proceedings and stuff. So I think there's a lot more to it than just, hey, let's pick a date, you know? I did just want to say the one scene, it could have been so amazing at the end, but it wasn't because of the CGI, but it could have been when they were showing all the different worlds of all these different universes colliding into each other in this flashpoint, if you will, and just the horrible CGI just took you out of what an amazing moment that really could have been. Because just right. 
to see like to see every like just the Superman, the Batman, the flashes, the flashes, everything throughout all the time throughout the DC universe. If it was done beautifully and like actually nice, that would have been so amazing. You would have actually felt invested. You would have actually felt like those worlds were actually being torn apart. But because they looked so janky, because they looked so shitty, I was just like some little kids blank banging toys together. <laughs> Did you ever hear the story? About uh, the Nicolas Cage Superman thing, yes. where yep, okay, that's I, I, thought, I thought it was interesting because they had him fight the giant spider, which was one of the scripts between like Tim Burton's script and then like Kevin Smith's script that they had, where the guy yep. that was the main producer was all like, "He's got to fight a giant spider at the end because spiders, pound for pound, are the most dangerous predators in the world," and. That guy went on to later do Wild Wild West, where of course they fought a giant mechanical spider at the end. <laughs> so whatever yeah. ideas that they have for Superman, he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna put it in here since this one didn't make it. Not so you know, not Brainiac, not Toy Man, <laughs> not the Parasite, Mm-mm. not Mister Mixelpix, Mixelplix, or Mixelpix, depending on how you say it. Not right. even just like him and other Superman has a wide rogues gallery. It's not very large, but it's a wide. They kind of span out different things. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of them are all based in science, which is why Lex is always so interesting. But you can't have Lex be the villain in every Superman movie, right? Otherwise, it's repetitive. Unless yeah. it's you know Jesse Eisenberg playing the Riddler as Lex. Because I'm sorry, Batman v Superman, Jesse Eisenberg is playing the Riddler. In my mind, yep. mm, interesting. He didn't, he didn't feel like Lex to me, like at all. I like, they could have brought John Cena in there and had him play a better Lex Luthor. And John Cena, nobody can see him. Are <laughs> oh, you the star then? <laughs> well, that was that was my thing. Sorry, before we go, that was my thing. If the audience was familiar with the background of Nicolas Cage and why he was there. Like, would that have confused some people? Like, oh, in this universe, there just happens to be a Nicolas Cage as Superman. I had a dude ask me. I was in a theater. When I watched the movie, I was in a theater of seven people, including myself. Seven? And so, seven total people, yes. And so, dude, I was in there first. I got my prime pick of seats. It was awesome. I wasn't bothered. But at the very end, when I'm waiting on the end credit scene, what's that end credit scene, Jericho? Why did I waste 10 minutes of my life to see the end credit scene? But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Uh, and the guy comes up to me. He's like, was that Nicolas Cage in a Superman outfit? Why was he in a Superman outfit? Oh, that was a 90s thing. Tim Burton was commissioned to write a Superman movie. They were going to be Superman Returns. And uh, or Superman Lives. And he was going to do it, and then that didn't work out. And then Kevin Smith wrote a pass on it, and a whole bunch of people wrote passes on it. And it just never came to fruition. And you know, yeah. So that was that was what that was. He was like, "Okay, okay, that's dope. I didn't know because I recognized Nicholas Cage, but I didn't know why he was there." Yeah, that was me. Yeah, guilty. Yeah. I, I'm a '90s baby, so I had no idea about that either. And it was only when I asked my husband that he told me because he's a lot older than me. Um, yeah, that he told me that whole story there. So yeah, there there would have been a lot of people, but. As one of those people, uh, I just thought of it as like a gimmick. I just got a laugh out of it. Like, oh, my God, Nicolas Cage is in bloody everything. And I just had a laugh about it, kind of like I did at the end with Clooney coming out. I was like, ha funny. But this is what I wanted to ask, John, if we have a little bit of time, because people are saying, is Clooney now the dad 
like the older Batman that we are going to get in Bold and the Brave. Oh, so is yeah. he going to be oh. the Batman that continues on, or are they starting? Oh dear God, I hope not. I hope a not. Lot I don't think they would though. Okay, my thing is this: I don't think they would because number one, that would be another backlash because of Batman and Robin. I think they want to get away from the whole Batman and Robin type of thing. It wouldn't, this is to move on from the things that we had before. So to put George Clooney into something that's new, I think it would be out of place for him to be there, in my opinion. I understand that. And I think and, it's funny, but mm-hmm. wouldn't that be, wouldn't that have been a prime opportunity to introduce Batman that we're going to be introduced to? And I, that's what I thought they were doing. Like, from what I understood, they told us. So, I mean, and if they, that's what we heard, so we're all led to believe that this is the Batman we're going to be getting in this the future. The reason, because they told right? us, yeah, they told us that this we're going at the end of this movie, we will be seeing the Batman that will be continuing on forward. And yeah. From what it looks like, we have George Clooney moving forward. Which is scary because Damien in this situation is a whopping maybe eight years old when he first meets Bruce. And, I mean, it's hard enough for Bruce to kind of figure out how they're going to do that. But, I mean, if they do the storyline close to the books, I mean, you're going to have to introduce Nightwing. You're going to have to introduce a new Alfred probably because I don't think the person that played the Alfred in the the other movies is still alive. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, you're gonna have to introduce the whole cat, the Bat family as a whole, because it took the whole Bat family to keep Damien from like, go, like just killing everybody. Oh yeah. You know I mean, we're talking about Tim. We're talking about you know Barbara. We're talking about Nightwing. We're talking about everybody. You don't need right. the whole family on deck. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> that's why I was disappointed that they're starting with Bold and the Brave because I was like what we don't get nightwing or any like they're jumping ahead when they're saying with superman they want to go back to not an origin story but they want a younger cast and they want to redo sort of like a smallville thing and then we go to batman and we're getting like an old batman or a batman that's elderly you know not elderly but you know what i mean i'm not trying to say that i'm joking i'm joking yeah you know what i mean though like being a dad bat you know rather than a fight you know, crime fighting, but he's still going to be fighting crime, but the focus will be on Damien. So yeah, yeah it was right. really confusing to me that they would start with that, but whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I wish like they would have went with, here's the thing. I wish they would actually went with Court of the Owl storyline. And it's nice. which is a lot, is a lot deeper comic. And I'll explain what that is. It's basically where you have, this I'm whole sorry. entire thing set up. It's like an underground legend type thing where you have Alfred who took care of the Waynes for X amount of years. And then you wind up discovering there's a lot more to the Waynes than meets the eye and happens to be within the Court of the Owls. I'm so sorry, but I, I'm just so against that only because Gotham Knights recently come out and that is literally the whole point of the show is the Court of Owls and they butchered it. They just did well, such a terrible job of it that I'm like, Ah, they can't redo it so soon. Yeah. They really can't. You, you got to watch it, John. It's. I don't think enough people watch Gotham Knights to care. Oh, it's terrible. Wow. Absolute terrible. And I feel horrible saying that, but it really is. So I don't think that they would be stupid enough. And it's CW's version, so I'm not saying you know, oh, yeah. that, that explains everything. But <laughs> I think to bring that in in the DC world so soon after that flopped, oh, man. It was canned I, after one season. That's it. I got gotcha. you. Damn. Terrible. I anyway, mean, sorry, we had two seasons of Batgirl, Batwoman. 
which really surprised me because the writing on that was just as bad. <laughs> poor Ruby Rose. <laughs> and poor whoever was the girl. Then it's like, oh, we're not going to just do it. We're going to replace it with a black girl, but everybody's going to think it's still the same Batwoman. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, no. No. But anyways, the, everything that we had wanted to talk as far as the Flash goes, um, all in all, it was an okay movie, not the best movie. This movie to me was overhyped for what it was. I knew whenever they said, oh, this is the best comic book movie ever, I had like very low standards because of the fact that none of these have been like the best of the best when you look at comic book movies. I just thought it was an okay movie. I thought was, I had a good time with it. I was able to stuff popcorn in my face for about two and a half hours and just have a good time with it. But at the same time, just okay. I just wanted it to be better than what I wanted it to be. But that's it. That's, that's what it needed. Brother, I need to know what kind of popcorn bowl you got when you were jamming popcorn in your face. Two hours. Hours. I, need <laughs> I need that kind of like popcorn trash can that you got that you just sit there just the whole, the whole entire time. Perfect amount of butter, perfect amount of salt. I need that bowl. And it needs to be this before we part ways. Look, because I, I haven't had a chance to say it here, so I'm going to say it now. <laughs> Those soulless, chucky-looking babies that jumped that were all falling out of the building at the beginning of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Them babies that look like nightmare fuel. Stunt babies. They weren't even stunt babies. Stunt Don't disrespect stunt babies. <laughs> I'm just saying. Those were horrified-looking babies. They're just sitting there looking soulless like... Barry, come catch us, Barry. We're all going to die if you don't, Barry. Just yeah. catch the nurse, Barry. What are we going to do? We've hypnotized him. He doesn't know it, but we all work for Gorilla Grodd secretly. We're just soulless little implants and they're just messing with him psychologically. Mm-hmm. And put the other one in the microwave and turn it off. Because, you know, <laughs> and you, you hear a little TikTok meme. Let him cook. Let him cook. Let him cook. Somebody in my movie theater goes, why would you put a baby in the microwave? Don't you know you're going to kill it? I'm like, the microwave's not plugged up to anything. It's falling mm-hmm. out of a window. Yeah. There's no electricity. Yeah. It it's okay. He's about to get lit on fire, and he's protecting it from the fire. Right. Like, we understand why. It's just all, look, like, the baby just looks soulless. No, I'm saying the person in the theater. Like, how do you, uh, yeah. I didn't understand that either. I was just like, you, you. Okay. It's not plugged in. <laughs> we ain't cooking Nobody's it. cooking a baby. It's fine. Mm. The babies are cooking cooking him, but he ain't cooking them. That's fine. Jordan. All right, John, go. Ian this out. Okay. So that's gonna be it as far as the show goes. But Will, what do you have coming up on your conversations about dot dot dot? So we just dropped an episode on our Pathfinder. Our crew just came out and did another Pathfinder adventure. We've been doing some role playing. We try to do it about once a month. So that episode's live now. Uh next week. Our uh Flash review comes out. And then there may be a Transformers review coming up. Uh, Rise of the Beast. Mm-hmm. And so, and then there's going to be a, the conversation of movies that one of us have seen, but the other one hasn't. Because Ooh, yeah. either going to be where, like, they're going to tell me about Transformers and how much they loved or hated it. And I'm going to tell them about how great Cocaine Bear was. That's the greatest freaking movie ever made. It should be an Oscar winner. 
As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> Cocaine Bear is the greatest movie ever. I'm unsure if you're serious or if you're joking. Oh, I'm very serious. I told John when we talked about this in the trailer review reaction. Mm -hmm. I said, this movie's going to go down in history. It's one of the greatest movies. It's going to have a biggest cult following ever for a movie about a bear that has a whole bunch of cocaine and goes and killing it. And it's a true story. <laughs> That's what makes Based it. on a true story, which is a lot sadder than uh, the, the movie. Oh, it's terrible. Yes, sir. Okay, so Jamie, what do you have coming up as far as your channel goes, where people can follow you and all that other good stuff too? Sure, you can follow me over on YouTube at In the Front Row YT. My next video that's coming out is a live stream with a panel, including Jace and John. Uh, we'll be chatting about Marvel's new Secret Invasion show, and um, after that, I'm covering my Walking Dead stuff. Um, so I'm covering Dead City at the moment. Um, and I will do a Fear the Walking Dead. And then also I've watched a few movies lately that I haven't had time to review. So I've watched Sisu and I've also watched some stupid rom-com, which is absolutely terrible that I want to review as well. Um, What's so that's the name of the rom-com? I think it was called My Fault. It was like an Italian, a Spanish maybe? Spanish? Spanish-Italian movie. I think it's on Prime, actually, not Netflix. Um, and it, yes. Anyway, I'm not going to go into what it is. But anyway, it's really terrible. I'll let you know in the after show. But um, yeah, so I wanted to do a review of those sorts of things and obviously my Walking Dead content content every week. So yeah, hit me okay. up on there if you want to check that out. And Jason, what about you for you at Multiverse of Geekdom? Uh, for us at Multiverse of Geekdom, guys, we're dropping the Titans of the Turf exhibition matches every Monday, which is really excited. We're trying to get one every week until we get to the start of season two of Titan of the Turf. And also we're doing trailer reactions left and right and check out Gaming in the Multiverse on Thursdays, guys. Okay. As for me, um, Rossi and I are going to be reviewing another film. And matter of fact, we actually had the privilege to actually have Michael Oblowitz, uh last week. And he's actually directed the new Mel Gibson film. He's also directed some music videos and stuff like that with Diana Ross, TV Wonder, and all all them uh, old, old cats like that. And I just want to say it was an honor to have him on here. But we're going to be reviewing his film, and I can't wait to tell you what 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 it is. It's actually going to be uh, Confidential Informant. It's not even out in theaters yet or anything like that. But we're going to try and do a non-spoiler review for it, and then have Michael back again for an interview for that. Uh, that's everything that's going on over here at Movie Lovers Night. I also just released a trailer reaction for the upcoming Boys Season 4 teaser that dropped. So go on ahead, check that out. And always until next time, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to all the new subscribers I have. Without you guys, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. So thank you so much. If you guys want to go ahead and support us, just go ahead, go on ahead, buy me a coffee, jack me up on some caffeine, and that's how you can donate to the page. Also, too, you guys can go ahead and get yourself a T-shirt from bonfire.com. The links are going to be in the show notes below. If you want to follow these good people, guess what? Those people will actually be in the show notes below as well. Don't forget to smash the like button. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Show everybody some love and always until next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, 
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.